Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Here's my rifle, here's my gun, this is for fighting, this is for fun. Firearms Friday. Oh, baby. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a... Two A nature, right here on the Michael Duke Show. Good morning, my friends. It's Friday. Stand by for news. Uh, it's uh, it's we got some good stuff. We got some good stuff today. Uh, there's some interesting things happening across the country. Uh, even a surprise from uh, President Biden, which um, may in fact be more of a political point-taking thing, but um, it has fringe benefits, I think, for uh, many uh, citizens out there, and we're going to talk about that this morning uh, as well. Thanks for coming on board and joining us. Uh, Firearms Friday is the one day a week where we, well, we we sit down and we talk for oh, a couple hours about uh, all things that are related to the Second Amendment, uh, guns, firearms, gun rights, laws, uh, litigation, legislation, um, tricks, tips, tactics, and more. There we go. That's it's it's a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about. All of it in support of uh, your right to keep and bear arms. So uh, that's uh, that's this morning. You guys ready to uh, dive into this? Uh, on today's program, we're going to be going over all the latest headlines and some of that news that I was just talking about. Um, and we're going to uh, um, also uh, have some guests. Sorry, I had a senior moment there. Uh, we're going to be talking in just a moment with uh, the folks from the Second Amendment Foundation. I believe Dave Workman is going to be the one talking with us uh, from the Second Amendment Foundation. They have been very, very active um, about um, <clears throat> uh, in the courts um, uh, trying to protect our rights and uh um, you know, fight against uh, some of the infringements that we've seen um, across the across the country. They've been instrumental in several different court cases and uh, some of the things that they're doing right now. Uh, you can find the Second Amendment Foundation, by the way, at saf.org. Saf.org. Here are just a few of the things that they've worked on in recent in the recent uh, uh, last few weeks. 
They uh, are defending a motion for injunctive relief in a California case about guns. They've challenged the Connecticut ban on so-called assault weapons. They've asked the courts to declare a handgun ban for young Americans, 18 to 20, as unconstitutional. They've sued California over the law suppressing gun lawsuits. They've uh, backed the federal challenge of the Illinois uh, transit concealed carry ban. Um, They have uh, filed federal challenges to New York's uh, gun control scheme. Uh, and more. They are, I mean, they are pretty much everywhere out there fighting for it at every opportunity between the SAF, the FPC, the Firearms Policy Coalition, and GOA, the Gun Owners of America. They are, those those organizations are all working in, in tandem and in, and in concert trying to protect our gun rights uh, across the country. And uh, I appreciate them, and I'm happy to bring them on today to talk about some of the different things that they have been working on and some of the things that they are going to be working on here in the future. So uh, that's uh, our guest coming up here in about uh, 10, 12 minutes or so. We'll be talking with them for the remainder here of hour one. In hour two, we'll open up the phone lines for a little bit of gun Q&A. That's uh, questions and answers where we try to talk to uh, folks who, uh, you know, this show, again, uh, you know, I'm sure gun gun lovers uh, enjoy the show, but what we're truly trying to do is reach out to people who are uh, uh, gun curious. They're they're not pro-gun, they're not anti-gun, they're kind of somewhere in the middle there. Um, And uh, so if you have a question about firearms in hour two, we're going to open up the phone lines and we we going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all the different stuff and uh, and uh, answer your questions. Doesn't matter. You may think it's a dumb question, but there is no such thing as a dumb gun question. That's 100 percent true right now. Uh, We want to say thank you to our friends over there at Satellite West, SatelliteWest.com, for sponsoring this hour of the program this morning. Uh, If you have a uh, need to be in connection with anybody anywhere in the state of Alaska, uh, if you could you could be out in, uh, you know, Hitchensbrook, you could be up in the White Mountains, you could be, uh, you know, out in the 40 mile up in the up the creek uh, or even somewhere out to sea. You may need to send a text message or you may need to check your email. You may need to surf the Internet or just make a simple phone call. The folks at Satellite West can hook you up with some kind of device that will connect you to the Iridium Satellite Network and make sure that you always stay connected. Satellite West at SatelliteWest.com, proud sponsors of the program. And uh, we want to say thank you to them for providing us. Uh, with that sponsorship, for sure. Uh, all right. <clears throat> um, headlines, headlines. Who's got your headlines? Oh, we're going to finish up, by the way, with Willie Waffle at the end of the show today, as usual. Um, I'm a little shamefaced. I told him that we were going to talk about the movie Oblivion and that I was going to rent it this last weekend, and I didn't. Five will get you ten, though. Willie didn't watch it either. So let's hope that that's the case. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> But we'll have lots of good discussions at the end of the show with uh, our entertainment critic, Willie Waffle. That's just kind of the lighter side. We like to lighten it up right at the end of the show uh, to get things done this morning. Okay. Um, Headlines. There's a bunch of them. Uh, And some good news. I mean, some really interesting good news. Now, first things things first, uh, we need to talk uh, a little bit about the president's surprise announcement uh, yesterday, uh, which was 
that uh, he is uh, going to go ahead and pardon uh, a, a whole lot of people. He's issuing a presidential pardon for <clears throat> all federal convictions of possession of marijuana, all federal convictions for possession of marijuana at the federal level. Um, because obviously, you know, marijuana is a federally, it's a schedule one federal drug and everything else. He's pardoning thousands of Americas who Americans who've been convicted of simple possession under federal law. And he's taking steps to decriminalize it and addressing uh, changing practices that are disproportionately affecting and impacting people of color, he says. Uh, now, the pardon uh, covers thousands of, of those convicted of the crime federally and in the District of Columbia. And he's also calling on governors to issue similar pardons for those convicted of state marijuana uh, possession offenses. It does not cover convictions for possession of other drugs or for charges relating to producing or possessing marijuana with the intent to distribute. He's also not pardoning non-citizens who were in the U.S. without legal status at the time of their arrest. He has finally uh, also directed the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the U.S. Attorney's Office to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Currently, uh, rescheduling would reduce or potentially eliminate any criminal penalties for possession. Currently, marijuana is classified as a Schedule One drug, which puts it right alongside heroin and LSD, but higher than fentanyl and meth. So they think marijuana, according to the scheduling, was more dangerous than fentanyl and meth. And they haven't set a timeline for the review, but that is a good thing. Now, I will say this. First and foremost, um, this is, to me, appears to be kind of a, not a political stunt, but a point maker. Because he's trying to mobilize and, uh, you know, get that younger millennial Democratic base rooting for the old man in the corner. Uh, and we know that they are uh, they are all in favor of marijuana legalization generally as a as a as a group as a body demographically, and so this might be a way to do that. Uh, but as a fringe benefit, this would help a lot of people who may have had mistakes in the past, may have had felony convictions for simple possession or anything else, and this might free up a lot of people to be able to pursue their right to keep and bear arms. If this was the only thing that they had on their record was a simple possession of marijuana on a federal level, or if this if the governors uh, follow his lead and at a state level, this may be a huge thing for gun owners. The biggest thing, though, is the changing in the scheduling. If they are allowed to take it off and reschedule and, and maybe even take it completely off the schedule as well, that would mean that states like Alaska that have legal marijuana laws for both medical and recreational marijuana, uh, people would no longer have to choose or, uh, you know, when they're purchasing a firearm, they would either have to choose, you know, use of marijuana or a firearm or lie on the form or what. I mean, it really it would really clear up a lot of the problems that are related to firearms possession, especially if you live in a state where marijuana is legal. And I think that's interesting. Um, I do think this is, again, more about points scoring than anything else. But 
Um, some interesting news. Like, I guess I guess we'll just put it that way. Some interesting, interesting news for sure. Uh, Dr. John Lott, our friend here, has written a piece in Real Clear Politics talking about the uh, the media spin on gun control and how it doesn't match voters' opinions of gun control. We're going to get into this story later on um, because I think it uh, I think it really points to some interesting thing. I mean, you know, the devil is in the details. You get the difference between a single question that people think they know the answer to uh, because they think they understand all the details of it. But then you explain how a law or, a, you know, red flag or something, you explain how it actually works. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, no, no, I'm not I'm not for that. Well, that's because they didn't understand it. The devil's in the details. We're going to talk about that later in the program. But one of the biggest, one of the biggest stories of the day is uh, came out here uh, yesterday. Uh, a federal judge in Syracuse, New York, has granted a temporary restraining order blocking the state of New York and its political subdivisions from enforcing several positions of their concealed carry scheme. This is the one that they put together after the Supreme Court ruled against them, and they created all these carve-outs for sensitive places and everything else. Uh, The judge, District Judge Glenn Sutterby, made it clear that many of the provisions will not withstand uh, constitutional uh, scrutiny. Among the sections of the law that Sutterby said should be halted are the state's requirement that concealed carry applicants turn over a list of all social media accounts they've used over the last three years, as well as in-person interviews with applicants and demanding they produce the name and contact information of their spouse or significant other, as well as any adults living in the applicant's home. He chastised New York for trying to get around the Supreme Court's ruling in Bruin through its new licensing mandates. He said, instead of moving towards becoming a shall-issue jurisdiction, New York State has further entrenched itself as a shall-not-issue jurisdiction. And by doing so, it has further reduced a first-class constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense, which during the 19th and 18th centuries in America generally came with the assumption that law-abiding responsible citizens were not a danger to themselves or others unless there was a specific ground for a contrary finding, into a mere request which is burdened with a presumption of dangerousness and the need to show good moral character in New York. Oh, it gets better from there. I mean, it gets better from there. Uh, But I want to talk about this uh, here in just a minute. We're going to have our guests are going to be jumping into it Uh, and we're going to continue. Good morning. It's Friday. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready to. I'm trying not to shout. Trying not to shout. Let's uh, let's take our break. We'll come back. And we will continue the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more in just a moment. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Hi, guys. How are you? Um. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I closed my email. There we go. 
All right. Uh, we're hoping uh, we're waiting for uh, waiting for uh, Dave Workman to connect here on this morning's program, and we'll get things going on. Siri, how do you feel dress a moose? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, you guys are awful quiet this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And that's it. You guys got nothing else to say? Got nothing else to say? I figured somebody would be sounding off about the whole, uh, uh, you know, marijuana legalization or the the pardoning, but uh, guns and marijuana and blah, blah. I mean, I just, I would expect somebody would say something about it. Uh, loopholes and lollipops. Susie said she's working on something. What are you working on? I'm working on a voters list this morning, so we'll be mostly just listening. Well, thank you for just listening, Susie. We appreciate that. And Bill, Bill's having a hard time getting started this morning. Oof. Good morning. Uh, And good morning to you, Bill. Good morning to all of you. Thank you for coming on board the program. Um, (laughs) Biden sucks. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate that. That's a sentiment that some people have carried around here. Uh, Avoid the Glen what? Uh, next several hours due to traffic incident and the thing. Oh, this is an old one. Why did, why did this just pop up? Why did I just have a pop up? Awaiting the Advil and the coffee is brewing, says Brian. Well, I'm a little concerned here. I don't see Dave, uh, or anybody else. Um, So here's what I'm going to do because I'm a little concerned Uh, and I was waiting to figure out who was supposed to be on the program. Uh, You guys are going to have to talk amongst yourselves for just a minute. It it is. It's true. It is true. The Valley is getting rid of Dominion voting machines for borough elections, not for state elections, just for borough elections. They're going to hand count everything. So there you go. Um, You guys need to talk amongst yourselves for a few minutes here. All right. Uh, I'll be right back. I gotta, I gotta do this thing. I gotta, I gotta do this thing here. So let me see if I can get a hold of Dave Workman. Uh, we'll get things started. Disappointed. All right. Well, um, 
I'm betting a dollar to a donut right now that we don't get uh, that we don't get anybody on there. I get a. I just nope. I think that that. Uh, I think it's just going to be you and me, baby. You and me, which means we're going to open up the phone lines early. Uh, but I do have a bunch of things to go over, so we'll just talk about that. But it's disappointing, especially when I set it up two weeks ago. And then I realized I go back and look that there was that final email and it was I never got the response from the final email that I the invite, the calendar invite that I was supposed to organize. Here we go. Well, do you want the good news or the bad news? All right, I'll give you the bad news first. Uh, the bad news is apparently, um, apparently, we're not going to be talking with Dave Workman or Alan Gottlieb from the Second Amendment Foundation today. Uh, I had it all set up, everything else, and then I realized that my final email, uh, the calendar invite, was never replied to. Uh, after a, a flurry of back and forths, and then the phone number that I have is nobody's answering. So I guess that means, my gosh, it's just me and you. I don't know what I'm going to do. I I couldn't possibly talk for another 35 minutes all by myself. I just, I don't know. I'm scared. All right. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I guess it's just going to be me and you, baby, all morning. Good thing that I always over prep for the show. Uh, I got a ton of stories that we can talk about. And uh, somebody in the chat room, Bill, in the chat room said, what were you talking about with marijuana pardons? So let me just clarify again. Uh, the president yesterday announced that he is pardoning thousands of Americans. This is like a mass pardon. The president is going to pardon any American who's been convicted of simple possession of marijuana under federal law. Now, under federal law. So if you have a state conviction, that's another thing. But under federal law, if you have ever suffered a simple possession conviction, you're going to have that overturned. Uh, well, no, I mean, it's not overturned. You're pardoned. Uh, they're working on how they're going to get that out to people, whether you get a basically a piece of paper that allows you uh, the Department of Justice is working to devise a process for those covered by Biden's pardon to receive a certificate of pardon, which they can show to potential employers and others as needed. Um, so simple. Now, it doesn't cover, again, convictions for possession of other drugs. It doesn't cover charges or convictions related to producing or possessing marijuana with the intent to sell and distribute. It's only for people who had a simple possession charge. Then, of course, he also encouraged other governors, he, or he encouraged governors uh, of the states to issue a similar pardon for convictions on state marijuana offenses. Now, these, that, those make up, by the way, the simple possession makes up the vast, vast majority of marijuana convictions in the country. I mean, the lion's share, um, that, makes, uh, that makes it up. 
Uh, so this is a huge deal for gun owners uh, uh, or for potential gun owners who may have been barred from exercising their Second Amendment rights because maybe in their youth or whatever they got, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be watching what the ramifications are. I personally think, again, I think it's more of a, um, he's trying to score some points with the younger, hipper, liberal millennial crowd, uh, because they are all very much pro marijuana legalization. And, um, a lot of them are becoming very dissatisfied with the white-haired old man in the White House who's not doing all the things that they think he should. He would be able to point to this as a win for himself. Uh, but it's got, you know, it, it cuts both ways. We get a, we get a bit of uh, goodness out of it as well. Citizens, more, less government overreach into our lives, I think, is definitely a good thing. So that's, that's what we were talking about. Uh, let's see. And yeah, so he announced this yesterday. It was a bit of a surprise. People were a little shocked. They were like, what? I didn't even, they didn't even see it coming. Didn't even see it coming. Um, all right. So we were talking uh, before we were so rudely interrupted by the break. We were talking about this uh, federal judge in New York who is now granted a restraining order uh, and an injunction from the state from um, enforcing uh, a lot of the different provisions of their new Concealed Carry Improvement Act. That's what they're calling it. Concealed Carry Improvement Act. When it really doesn't improve anything, it tries to sidestep the decisions from the Supreme Court. That's what it tries to do. It tries to sidestep those and, uh, and make Bruin, um, I, I guess, ineffectual or obsolete. Uh, it's uh, definitely some, some interesting stuff, but here's, uh, what else he said. So first and foremost, I mentioned it earlier that he said he halted the state's requirement that concealed carry applicants had to turn over a list of all social media accounts that they'd used over the past three years, as well as, uh, they, he eliminated the in-person interviews with applicants and demanding that they produce the name and contact information of their spouse or significant other, as well as adults living in the home. And then he chastised them, the, the New York, the state of New York for trying to get around the Supreme court's ruling in Bruin through these new licensing mandates. I'm going to reread what he said because I think it's uh, I think it's important. Instead of moving towards becoming a shall issue jurisdiction, New York State has further entrenched itself as a shall not issue jurisdiction. And by doing so, it has further reduced a first class constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense into a mere request, which is burdened with a presumption of dangerousness and the need to show good moral character. What's mostly interesting about this is that in the middle of, he said, you know, it's further reduced the first class constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense. And then he gives a bit of a history lesson, which during the 19th and 18th centuries in America generally came with the assumption that law abiding responsible citizens were not a danger to themselves or others unless there was specific ground for a contrary finding. The presumption of innocence that law-abiding citizens would, in fact, be law-abiding. <laughs> then he went on to tackle the sensitive spaces thing, the sensitive places. He said uh, he took issue with many of the uh, different er uh, areas. 
Only the following locations may still be considered, uh, considered sensitive. Any place owned or controlled by the federal, state, or local government for the purpose of administration, including the courts. Any location being used as a polling place. Any public sidewalk or public area restricted from general public access for a limited time or special event with heightened law enforcement protection. Any place of worship or religious observation, except for those persons who have been tasked with the duty to keep the peace at the place of worship or religious organizations. Uh, nursery schools and preschools, any building or grounds owned or leased uh, of any educational institutions, any gatherings of individuals to collectively express their constitutional rights to protest or assemble, uh, except for fenced-in farmland owned by another or fenced-in hunting ground owned by another. So he, the de facto ban on concealed carry on private property is out. Just out the door, not allowed. Nor is the ban on concealed carry in sensitive places. Uh, well, not so is the ban on concealed carry in sensitive places like Times Square. The state's ban on concealed carry in entertainment uh, venues and restaurants that serve alcohol was not included in his list of locations where concealed carry can be barred. And he didn't toss out the ban on concealed carry in houses of worship. But he did exempt them. He's the one that added that provision that said those persons who have been tasked with the duty to keep the peace at the place of worship or religious observation, basically those authorized to carry by the local pastors, priests, whatever. That's, I mean, that is a, he also in a huge blow, this is a huge blow. He also um, <clears throat> stopped and axed out the ban on concealed carry on public transport. Based on the historical analogs located thus far, it does not appear permissible for New York State to restrict concealed carry in any place, conveyance, or vehicle used for public transportation or public transit, subway cars, train cars, buses, ferries, railroads, omnibus, marine, or aviation transportation, or any facility used for or in connection with service to transportation of passengers, airports, train stations, subways, rail stations, and bus terminals. Indeed, historical analogs exist containing specific exemptions permitting the carrying of firearms while traveling, quote, presumably because of the danger then often inherent during travel. This is a huge win. This is a huge, huge win. Now, the bad part about this, the, the only downside to this whole thing at this point, is that um, even though he has issued a TRO blocking the state uh, from enforcing it, he did stay his decision for three days to allow Attorney General Letitia James to file an emergency appeal with the Second Circuit. So she may or may not file an appeal with the Second Circuit. But boy, howdy, what a day for gun owners in uh for gun owners in new york um and surprisingly there is uh there is some there's some movement in new york from rural new yorkers who are sick and tired of what they're seeing come down from uh from albany uh and and what's happening there a recent poll from the trafalgar group finds republicans running unexpectedly strong races in deep blue states. 
Um, In Washington State, Republican Senate candidate Tiffany Smiley is trailing the incumbent, Pat Murray, by only two points. And uh, they've just released, uh, Trafalgar Group has just released a new survey of more than 1,000 likely voters in New York showing that the gubernatorial races and the attorney general races there have gotten super tight, like surprisingly so. According to the survey results, Lee Zeldin, uh, who is the Republican challenger to Governor Kathy Hochul, is now trailing by only two points, 42 to 44, with 9% of voters still undecided. Letitia James, she's the attorney general. She's the one that's been taking, you know, just open whipping posts to the NRA in that state. And just, you know, she is actually behind the Republican candidate by one point, 44 to 45. Now, most of the polling in the state would uh, contradict the Trafalgar group, uh, saying uh, real clear politics polling average shows that Holchel has an average lead of more than 11 points. But still, we're seeing these differences come up. We're seeing what's happening. Now, remember what happened in Virginia. Remember what happened in Virginia, the, the... the red wave that took place there. And a lot of that came out of gun control and educational freedom. Those are really the two big points in that. Um, If they really are, if Hochul and Letitia James are really in trouble, it probably has to do with the fact that they are so openly hostile to the right of law-abiding citizens to keep and bear arms, to be able to exercise their rights, and the fact that they are so shrill about that and they treat Americans as if, average law-abiding Americans, as if they are all basically criminals that need to be watched at every opportunity. Um, the And the rural communities in New York are having none of it. They are getting ready. Many of the county legislatures have passed resolutions condemning the new concealed carry laws, and some are even talking about banding together to sue the state themselves. I mean, this is huge, and and it's not just in one or two regions. It is all across the state. This could be, again, there could be an election day surprise if they keep going, if they keep banging this drum and fighting back against people's law, you know, lawful, legal right to do things like protect themselves and keep and bear arms. Well, that's uh, that that could be a problem for them. You could see a change, which I think would be welcome. I think it would be very welcome. All right, I'm going to open up the phone lines early. We're going to open up the phone lines next for gun q and I'm going to go over some more stories, including a Hawaiian surprise. It's not a dessert, although it sounds like it should be. Hawaiian surprise and the latest on Alec Baldwin and more. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It is Firearms Friday. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, All right. You guys haven't said hardly two words since I did that whole segment all by myself. Uh, It's sprinkling. Um, Will it pardon that person in Russia, says Jerry. Are you talking about the basketball player? The, The WNBA star who's under arrest there? I think she has more than just a few ounces for personal possession, I think, was part of the problem. I don't know. Um, I don't think he was talking about Alexei Navalny. Uh, I don't think that's who he was talking about. But it's only for federal convictions. Um, I wonder what would happen if the Russian people had firearms like we do. Would they rise up? I I don't know. Uh, I I would, I would say no. I would say no. Um, I would say that, um, because they have a different mindset in, in, in Russia, there's a bit of a different mindset. Um, they are, um, trying to find the word. It's a different. It's a different mindset in Russia. They are not uh, as uh, free as they. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think that they would. Maybe some areas would, but I just don't see it being like they would revolt overall. Um, now that could change, but I. If you had, if you wanted me to lay down a, you know, hundred dollar bill, I would. I would vote against it. I would. I would bet against it. Yeah, they've been brainwashed for many of the years. I mean, this is a generational thing where they have been in fear of or in awe of the state for so long that um, I think I think they would find it very hard to uh, to rise up against um, the Putin regime. But you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe should we ask the two men that arrived at Gamble, said Tawny. Yeah, uh, they both sought political asylum. Uh, both of them. Um, where was the story? I saw the uh, I saw the thing uh, that there was a note that both who had it. Uh, here we go. Uh, it was must read. Um, the uh, they both asked for political asylum now. Um, and. It is, uh, it'll be, we don't know. Um, the incident, according to, um, Dan Sullivan, the incident makes two things clear. First, the Russian people don't want to fight Putin's war of aggression against Ukraine. Second, given Alaska's proximity to Russia, our state has a vital role to play in securing America's national security. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, they've asked for asylum. We'll, we'll see what. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, we'll see what goes on. Okay. Mm. I'm just looking to see here. Um, uh, okay. I was just look see if there was anything. Looking to see if there was anything interesting in the uh, uh, must-read story on the marijuana pardon. Okay. 
the mother Russia syndrome is probably till st- still too strong. That's kind of what I was looking at, was looking at. I mean, they have a strong sense of nationalism, um, and they have a ingrained awe of the of the state machine in in Russia, multi generationally. I mean, this has been going on for years, but um, it would be interesting, interesting to say the least. I would be, I would be interested to talk to those two men from Gamble. I mean, just, you know, satisfy my own curiosity. And they know how violently the state would react, said Brian. Yeah. I mean, look, they cracked down and people were protesting the war uh, in Ukraine and they came in and they beat a bunch of people and put them all in jail. So, yeah. Um, By the way, Charlie Pierce is back on the campaign trail. He participated in a forum last night in Homer. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, we, we needed to, uh, we, he needs to get back out there in the spotlight. That's for sure. All right. Well, you guys are awfully quiet for a Friday. You guys are awfully quiet for a Friday. I mean, I expected y'all to be dancing in the streets and doing your little happy dance that it's the weekend coming up and everything else. But you guys are just all, is it, I mean, nobody has enough coffee. Is that the problem? Nobody has enough coffee. I'm out of coffee, by the way. I'm out of my own coffee. Remember I had such a hard time getting it. I got two cases of it or whatever, uh, gave some away. Uh, used some, used it for promotions, and then now it's all gone. And now I'm like, when am I going? I've got to get some more. I've got to get some more. All right, uh, we're going to jump back into it. Oh, I didn't turn the phones on. Damn it, Dukes. All right, here we go. Okay, um, <clears throat> welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. I just asked the people in the chat room, I'm like, hey, you know, we got a, a bunch of people in here, but you guys have been awful quiet. What's what's going on? Why aren't you guys happy and dancing in the streets? And, you know, it's Friday. It's it's Firearms Friday. Yay! I mean, everybody should be excited. Um, and, uh, and then uh, uh, Gordon said, Maybe the woes of the gas prices have got us down. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Well, let me tell you. Um, hold on. Yeah, uh, let me tell you. Uh, because I just filled up my car the other day. And many of you know that I drive a little Mini Cooper, uh, which is great. It's a great car. Gets a bunch of gets a bunch of uh, great gas mileage. Does all that kind of stuff. But yesterday or day before, seventy dollars to fill up a Mini Cooper. It was six dollars and thirty nine cents a gallon. And all I could think of as I looked at this and got, I thought, what what are the poor people who are driving these big SUVs and these pickup trucks? How, what? 
$70 for 12 gallons of fuel. I was just like, that is insane. I mean, that's, that's just nutty, nutty, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, anyway, uh, that is, uh, that's the, that's the, that's the big news there. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go over to the phones here and we will, um, uh, we'll, we'll talk with folks and see, uh, what you guys have to say. I'm opening up the phone lines a little bit early, 907-433-3150. Let's, uh, go over to the, well, this person's been on hold for a while. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, hello, Dick. How are you? This is Brady from Vegas. Brady, what's on your mind? Hey, um, I just want to go back. Now that we know that the Zelensky regime is full of Azov Battalion and our media, like yourself, has been covering up for them Nazis since 2014. How come you keep covering up from the Azov? <laughs> okay, look, Brady, you and I have had this discussion before. Uh, Putin is not the savior. Uh, Zelensky is not the devil. The people of Ukraine, it didn't matter even if they were, the people of Ukraine do not deserve to be ground into the dirt between the two of them. And, um, I, you know, I, I, the, the buying into this lie of the denazification of the Ukraine is insane. Um, so I, while I appreciate you waiting on hold 30 minutes to give me that little blurb, um, I'm not interested. Sorry, not interested in that. So appreciate your call. Thank you uh, for that. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off, I would love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. And, uh, oops, I guess I got to actually put the phone number up there. You can uh, you could sound off on any of that. <clears throat> Good job. Um, uh, thanks for uh, coming in. Let's go back over to the phones. And again, any topic is fair game. I still have got some other topics we can hit on as well. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is uh, Paul from Sadatna. Hello, Paul. Hi, Mike. Um, discovered your show. Cool. Um, I, I lived in that world of the Northeast uh, for 18 years. I was a sportsman there and uh, a gun carrier, gun lover, I should say. And, uh, then I moved out and went to the real world and uh, lived 25 years in Kentucky and Oklahoma and, and now Alaska for a few years. And, you know, it's, it was a different mindset there. Uh, the people were, look, look what the government lets me do. Right. Instead right. Of, you know, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> right. And it was just a different mindset. Yeah, no, it is an and, interesting. Uh, it's, I'm so glad to see him pushing back. Yeah, no, it's interesting because you're right. I mean, look, the northeastern states. I mean, those are the oldest states in the union, right? I mean, this is that that is the beginning of America. We're there, and what we've seen again. Speaking about Russia and whether or not if they had guns they would revolt. I mean, in in the northeast, it's a multi generational thing of this slow oppression. Uh, of, uh, you know, an encroachment of government on every aspect of their lives. And you're right, pretty soon it looks like, hey, look at this great thing the government will let me do instead of, hey, I should be able to do whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting everybody else and the government should stay out of it. You see that more as you travel further and further west, right, or further and further south. And right. and, and you're right. It is, it's a, to me. Or in this case, further, further away from the city. 
Exactly. Exactly. For me, it's 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 almost a little depressing to see people who have been so brainwashed generationally to see it. But eventually there will reach a tipping point. And like you said, the rural communities now are all like, you guys are nuts and we're going to take you to court. I like to see that. Now, the problem is, of course, is that places like New York, uh, you know, New Jersey, all of these big, big metroplexes, they've got more people in them than most of the rest of the state combined. And so it's a very, very hard sell in that regard. But I'm glad to see that they're fighting back. I really, really am. And um, are you are you glad that you moved out of the Northeast? Oh, the the, the key word is from. Uh, I am so glad I'm from there. I grew up on a vegetable farm, and our attitude or our family was different. I mean, we could just see the difference in just a few miles because we were within sight of uh, – New York City, and uh, but we were on a farm, and just right. the way people interacted with government was was so different. Yeah. Um, the uh, but then when I left and I uh, lived in uh, Kentucky for a long time, years, <laughs> that must have been and, a shock. Uh, was involved with what's that? I said that must have been a shock. I mean, that must have been a culture shock to drop out of, you know, this really tight knit government run government controlled to move down to Kentucky, uh, of all places, which I mean, is still one of the better States I would say overall for government, uh, you know, for lack of government control. Yeah, it, it, it was in one aspect, but like I said, I came off a farm and so, the other aspect it was, it was just all of a sudden I was around more people that thought like me <laughs> with a different accent. <laughs> right. And so um, it was, yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I bought a farm there and uh, lived there for a while. And, um, and, and firearms was a big, big part of my life, a, a part, um, part owner of a gun shop. I uh, was a firearms instructor on the law enforcement side. And now I'm still involved with firearms here in Alaska. and. Uh, not in the training aspect, but the, um, it's just, it's nice to see pushback. I mean, yeah. it, it shouldn't have to be this way. I mean, we had a, a, I mean, look at all the great gun companies that come from the Northeast. Oh, I know. Uh, and look at field. Well, um, and, and look, then what's made in Yonkers, New York now? Um, Kimber is Kimber, not Yonkers. I can't remember where Kimber is at, but look at them fleeing, Paul, look at them yeah. fleeing the Northeast. Oh, I'm, they have to. Yeah, I mean, they they're, just one. They're taxing them to death. Yeah, you know. And, I'll tell you a story. I, I went to school in. Um, I went to school at Smith and Wesson. I ended up working for them part time, and uh, and so I go to school at Smith and Wesson. And I was at the time in Kentucky, and I was law enforcement in Kentucky. And so I go to law enforcement school, and I'm in Massachusetts, and we're out to lunch, and I in that class it was. You know the name Masab Ayub? Oh yeah, Masab. Oh yeah, I've had magazines. I've yeah, had him yeah, on the program before. He's a, he's so an amazing guy. I go to this class and we're sitting around, and I mentioned that I got a um, Smith uh, Model sixty on me for you know my off duty gun, and they, all these dead eyes look at me, and I'm like, "What?" They go, "You're not allowed to have that." I said. I'm a law enforcement officer, and I'm, I'm in a class in Massachusetts. You have to have a permit. Now, this is 1993, maybe, 92, somewhere in there. And you have to have a permit for that particular day. 
and it has to be approved by the, it, it went through, I forget the whole litany of things I had to do, and I was like, whoa. So I took it off, put it in a lockbox. But how, how crazy, to me, coming from Kentucky, that made no sense at all. But to right. them, it all made sense. Right. That was, even in the law enforcement side, the mindset is so different. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, that makes sense. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> makes, well, when you have I'm a good guy, why right. am I putting it away? Well, when you have to beg the government's permission to exercise a simple primary fundamental right, Paul, that's the problem. And and, and that's exactly what this gov- what this judge in New York was saying, um, that, uh, that they shouldn't have to. Uh, beg the government's permission for that, that there should be a presumption of innocence among law-abiding citizens. That's why you call them law-abiding, and and that's part of it. Paul, hold the line for a second. I want to talk to you a little bit more here in the break. The Hawaiian Surprise is up next, The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, I mean, Paul, I, I agree. I mean, for them, it is a conditioned response. It's a Pavlovian conditioned response. Well, that we just have to we have to do the right thing and beg the government's permission. If you trust me with a firearm on my hip, ten hours a day, five days a week, why would you not trust me to have a firearm on my hip in the remaining fourteen hours a day and the remaining days of the week? Why would you not? I mean, what what is the point? That has always been the question. Here's the thing that offends me, Paul, and you can tell me what your thoughts are on this. I am offended by the fact that politicians treat law-abiding citizens like we are all slathering, drooling monsters who are just waiting to be released at the at the at the blink of an eye. That somebody would insult my mother, and that all of a sudden there'd be blood in the streets because all this. I mean, I followed every other law. That I'm I absolutely follow the rule of law on every other firearm rule and law and everything else and speed limits and all that. I mean, I do it all, but in this one instance, I could possibly just turn into an absolute slathering, murdering monster. That offends me, that whole concept. Yeah, you have to prove you have to prove yourself responsible instead of the other way around. Um, I, I just, I find it also, I find it, you know, I want to, it's, it's sort of the, uh, liberal mindset of that. They know what you what's in your heart. Right. And, 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 you know, that's not the point. The point is I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't shown you that I'm, I'm, I'm disrespectful, that I'm irresponsible. And till I do that, in our, you, you said it perfect in one of your in your opening monologue. You, you mentioned it just uh, you know you have to you, it's assumption of of innocence, and that's what we have to have. You can't I can't look at somebody and think right off the bat, oh you know he's going to do this, he's going to do that. You, even in the law enforcement side, you have to when you walk up to a vehicle. You know I used to teach stops, and when you know when you go up to a vehicle. Yes, you have to be alert. Yes, you have to look for certain signs. But you're that you're also you just pulled over in presumption again of a taxpayer that you're working for, a fellow right. citizen. Right. You just happen to have one job and they're in the vehicle. They made a mistake, you pulled them over. But you have to also put the cards on your side of the table to make sure that it's a safe stop. But that's presumption of innocence. That's why we have the Fourth Amendment. That's why we have certain Right. Things that, you know, so our founding fathers were brilliant. 
And yeah, forget, we, you know, we forget that. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not taught. Well, uh, you know, we're it, dinosaurs now. And what I'd like to see, Paul, and, and I'm, I'm glad, I mean, you have a history uh, in this and some background in this, because what I'd really like to see is I would like to see more of the presumption of innocence, you know, from law enforcement to the citizenry. I think a lot of this, especially in the 90s, um, uh, in the 90s and in the early 2000s, we saw a really hard uh, militarization of police departments across the country. And it really kind of developed this adversarial mindset of civilians, right? Civilians versus police officers, that they were law enforcement officers instead of peace officers, you know, that they, instead of having discretion and using discretion and treating people with respect, it was, it became more authoritarianism. We've seen story after story of, of people who were, uh, wrongly convicted or abused uh, because they didn't bow down or kowtow to the authority of, of police officers. And of course, it's not all police officers, but those few bad actors, right. they never get they never get reprimanded. They never get, you know, they never get penalized the way that they should to make it happen. And it's it's frustrating for those of us who are watching from the outside. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah. And, and, and you know, we used to it, they, same with law enforcement versus civilians, say. Was the, for safety. We're just going to do this for safety. Like, look at no knocks. No knocks have killed a lot of people on both sides. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there, there's, oh yeah, especially if, you know if you don't have certain. There used to be a time that you just you would be in the briefing room and you would just get a an address, and you know just a name and address. This this is who you're 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 going to go get. Well, there was no back. Now there's like at least they you know the. They'll, they'll do multiple searches for addresses and so forth. But think about we're in a very we're in a society that moves around a lot now, especially young people. Young people are not buying the houses and staying in them for twenty years. Right, years. right. So there's mistakes in that. So you're, you're exactly right. And yeah. and and I I was in that part of the world when that was going on where the you know well one is I could see you know patrol rifles in the car. That, right. that that started because of the Oklahoma shootout in uh, down in um, Cato, Oklahoma, and so. Um, but there's certain reasons for things, and then it makes sense. And then there's the other things. Where every little town in Jersey started getting a SWAT team. Right. Well, you, do you really need? Does everybody? Right. You know, first of all, it's expensive. Right. And so you know, you got to be sending everybody to school. Um, you know, there's some things that make sense. I believe in community policing. Yeah, and I was I was the kind of I was the kind of guy that you know you'd want to get pulled over by right a peace the officer versus law enforcement. enforcement. You're, you're talking about marijuana. He's just buying votes, but with marijuana, like the only marijuana stop I ever had that I ever arrested somebody. I sit pot all the time, but it was because the guy forced me to arrest him. He was such a jerk. <laughs> he forced me to, and so. Uh, you know, um, but it was a, it's yeah. a great conversation. I'm glad I discovered your show. Well, I appreciate and, uh, you listening. Um, um, I really wish you all the best on this thing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Paul. And I How long have you been doing this? 20 years. How long have you been doing this with the Firearm Friday? 20, oh, 15 years with Firearms Friday. 15 years. So it's been a while. I'm going to be a regular. All right. Well, Paul, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. It was good to get your perspective on things. We appreciate it. Folks, that brings us up to the top of the next hour. Let's do it. The Michael Luke Show.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for fighting. This is for fun. Firearms Friday. Yep, Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a Second Amendment nature right here. On the Michael Duke Show, uh, continuing now, uh, had just a great, um, uh, just had a great uh, a conversation with a brand new listener from down on the peninsula. Paul, thank you for calling in. Um, lots of good stuff. I love when new listeners discover the program, and uh, I appreciate the call in and the perspective, especially from people who came from somewhere else. Uh, you know, again, living on the East Coast for so many years and then seeing the West, uh, the South and then coming up here, uh, it, it offers us a unique perspective. And it reminds me again of how lucky I am to have been born and raised and uh uh, shaped and molded here in the state of Alaska. Um, yes, 15 years. He asked how long I'd been doing the show during the break. He asked how long I'd been doing the firearms component. We've been doing the show. This show has been on the air continuously in the state of Alaska for uh, 22 years. 22 years. Uh, we started in 1999. Uh, this show got started uh, on the airwaves. and. Um, uh, I've been doing Firearms Friday for the last 15 years of that. Um, <clears throat> we started Firearms Friday in like uh, 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we've been doing this for, we've been doing this for, I think that actually makes me one of the oldest, I think that makes me one of the oldest shows in the state of Alaska, continuously on the air. Um for that long. Now we started in the interior. So a big chunk of that 22 years was only in the interior, but, uh, for the last, uh, eight years, we've been broadcasting, uh, in Anchorage and, uh, now across the peninsula and all over the place. So, um, anyway, that was a, that was a trip down memory, memory lane, uh, so to speak. But today is Firearms Friday. We have got Willie Waffle coming up at the end of the show because I always like to finish up the show on kind of a fun, bouncy, frivolous note. It's frivolous. It's frivolity. It's the entertainment report. We'll talk about entertainment news and streams and movies because I love that. I just I, And Willie's my friend and we have such a good time together. Um, and, uh, you know, there's more to life than politics. There's, I mean, I know it's heresy to say it, but there's even more to life than guns. Oh my God. Don't say that. That's, uh, I know it's heretical, but there you go. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to finish up the show with Willie Waffle this morning, but between now and then I'm going to open up the phone lines. Um, 
uh, open up the phone lines and see that uh, uh, what you guys have to say. Uh, the phone lines today, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150 if you want to sound off. And you've got questions about firearms or commentary like Paul had where he came from somewhere else. I just saw in the chat room that Richard said he moved to the peninsula from Minnesota a little over a year ago. He said, Paul is right. Completely different world there. Love this great state and this show. Richard, thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, We've got call-ins from all over the place. Now, you heard Brady earlier. Brady and I disagree on uh, well, we, we disagree on some things. The whole war in Ukraine is one thing, but everything else, we've had a lot of good conversations about different guns. We've got Fred down in Rhode Island, uh, Steve, I think, in Colorado, and and I've had callers from all over the country who found this show on the interwebs. So uh, it's good. It's good stuff, and uh, we love doing it. But we got some headlines that I want to get into, including the Hawaiian surprise, which, again— Sounds like a dessert, but it's not. Uh, so I want to get to that, but your phone calls reign supreme. So let's go to the phones first, and then we'll get back into the 2A headlines, shall we? Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Michael. This is Bob from Fairbanks. Hello, Bob. What's on your mind? Well, yesterday I was watching uh, one of the Fox News shows. Finally, finally, they think they might get indict Hunter Biden on a line on a federal firearms form. Now this happened a long time ago. Now if it was you or me doing that, we'd have been directly gone to jail, do not pass two hundred dollars or not collect like I say, do right. not collect two hundred dollars and go directly to jail. Right. Now they waited all this time for this. And now they're gonna finally maybe get him for it because you know why? Oh yeah, and they found the gun, his girlfriend found the gun and threw it in the dumpster. But they're not going to do all this because his last name is Biden. That's exactly why. Um, I don't know if you heard about that or no, not. No, I, did, I didn't hear about that. Um, I think that, um, you know, if uh, if uh, if uh, Hunter Biden broke the law, then he should be just as culpable as anybody else uh, that would break the law. As you said, um, you know, if, if Joe Schmo, Joe American, you or I or anybody else did that, we definitely would have a— uh, uh, we definitely would have, uh, uh, you know, somebody knocking at our door and and uh, uh, and uh, you know trying to prosecute us for that. So yeah, I think that that's just fair and equitable. Now whether it'll really happen, I don't know. But uh, it, yeah, he was he was on cocaine at the time. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I I I don't know, but we'll we'll see. Uh, we can only hope, Bob, that those things uh, that you know that that everybody continues to be treated the same under the rule of law. That seems to be where we're at right well, now. See, there's but there's there's two rules of law in this country. One for you and me, anybody that's conservative, and Republican, Libertarian, but like that. And then there's one for the Democratic and the and the left, for the Democratic Party and the far left. They they got a whole separate. Yeah. for them too. So there's two different, it's a two tier justice system in this country. Yeah. And that is a fact. Well, it is. I mean, there's a one rule for thee and another for me, right? I mean, I've often said that, uh, that politicians in America are really the nouveau riche nobility, that they are kind of the noble class and we're just the peasants, right? I mean, uh, that seems like a lot of the reaction that we see out there. Bob, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, continue on over here. We'll take another call this morning uh, on Firearms Friday. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Carlene and Kodiak. Well, good morning, Carlene. Yep. 
Good morning, Michael. I have two items. Um, the one item happened about three weeks ago. It was on the Charlie Kirk show. They're changing the laws in Illinois starting in January of 2023. And there will be a lot of things that will no longer be illegal, um, assault, rape, even second degree murder. Um, and they, if you're under the influence of drugs, um, you won't have a murder charge against you. So maybe uh, the men from Fred from Rhode Island might know more about that. And the other item was in last Friday's newspaper. Um, there was a bear invasion into a home. It happened, um, the homeowner was told that there was bear activity in the neighborhood, so he loaded his handgun before he went to sleep. And about midnight, which is Tuesday and Wednesday, um, the dogs were barking, Yellow Lab uh, uh, and the Chihuahua. And so he got up and wasn't awake, kind of wiped the sleep out of his eyes and went to look out the windows to see what was going on. Right. He didn't see anything. And then he looked in front of him, and about four feet away was a bear. It was nine and a half feet tall Jeez. and uh, 988 pounds. Right. He shot it with one shot. The bear tried to run out the door that it came through, but... The door was closed, so uh, couldn't get out, so he shot maybe three more times. He had a pregnant wife, and five of his six children were at home. Right. And then um, he called his dad, and I think they put the family out the bedroom windows <laughs> and uh, called his wife to call 911. The troopers were there in about 15 minutes from town Bell's flat. Is, yeah, uh, a couple miles past the Coast Guard base. Well, so, um, yeah, I go to work next. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I'd go to work the next day either. Um, I saw I saw some reporting on this, and I was uh, I was you know shocked uh, that the the bear uh, would would uh, make entry into the house like that. But good for him, good for him on protecting himself. Uh, here in the South Central area, there's been a bear that's been prowling around and attacking. Uh, chickens and uh, dogs and ripping up places down in the uh, Palmer area. Um, and uh, we, they had one bear that was killed uh, uh, there as well. There's another one that they think is still out there. So, I mean, Alaska is a dangerous place to live. And it's just reason number 1203 why you probably should have a firearm in your home, if not on your person all the time, because you just never know whether it's a four-legged predator or a two-legged predator, it's always good to be prepared for the worst-case scenario. Right, Carlene? Yes, yes, and I'm looking forward to your Hawaiian surprise. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I've got to get to it, I promise, but i got I got three more phone calls right now. I want to get to the Hawaiian surprise. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Brian calling you from the fish hook. Good morning, Brian. Are you awake? Did the Advil kick in? The anvil's kicked in, and the coffee's doing exactly what it needs to do. Good, good, good. What's on your so mind? Anyway, I <laughs> I had read a story earlier this week about uh, shooting sports, these shooting sports uh, uh, clubs in California finally 
being able to uh, resume functioning. Right. And it was tie, kind of ties into um, your little trip down memory lane. Um, I was sitting in Fairbanks uh, waiting, I don't know, a job walk or something. It was near the airport. Sitting in my car listening to you, and I, you were interviewing Don Young. Right. And that was the famous when we just passed the laws, we let the Supreme Court oh, you were, or let the courts figure it out. You were listening to that show. My goodness. that well, Yeah, because we yeah. He, he and I got that into an argument I, on air. when I discovered it. Oh. Well, anyway, it, go, it, it goes back to also, you know, the whole thing with the, the, the government passes these laws and, and you got to go, you have to lawyer up. I don't remember what Sturgeon uh, ended up. He's a couple million dollars in legal fees yep. to get his rights back to run a boat up and down the river. Yep. And look at the shooting sports thing. You had a friend comment. Well, at least they got their rights back. Right. But when you have to lawyer up and lawyers aren't cheap. And you've got to sue the state for your rights. There's something very, very wrong. Oh yeah, no, you cannot win. I mean, you you have to have extremely deep pockets. Yeah, no. The Sturgeon case cost uh, two against the state. The Sturgeon case cost two point two million. The last accounting was two point one or two point two million dollars for John Sturgeon to take that case all the way up to the Supreme Court. And what Brian is talking about is an argument that I had. It was the last time I ever had Don Young on the show uh, because he wouldn't come back after that because he and I got into an argument about whether or not laws that were blatantly unconstitutional should be passed. And I said, you made you swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, and yet we're passing some of these laws that on their very face are unconstitutional. And he said, no, no, no. My job is to pass the law. It's the court's job to decide whether it's... Co- we just pass it. It's the court's job to decide whether it's constitutional. And I'm like, no, that's a total abrogation of your response. Oh, it was a heated conversation. And uh, it's funny that yes, that's it that's where you dis- that's funny that that's where you discovered the program because that was probably a it was probably not a, a stellar moment for the show because I was upset about it. I was really upset. No, no, it was. Yeah, I'm I'm I am happy you called him on it. That's. Uh... It made my day. It kind of made me excited when you showed up in the valley or back in, in South Central. <laughs> well, good. Well, but anyway, pr- appreciate all that you do, Mike. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate you listening to the show, and it's good to know that that was your discovery point because that that was an interesting day. Let's put it that way. That was an interesting. This is why Don Young would never come back on the program, and why Murkowski has never come back on the program because they don't like the hard questions. That's why I have never. And I would, ne- and why I'm thankful I have never voted for either one of them. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brian. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. I got time for one more call. I've got two more on hold, but I got one more before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, my and friend. You triggered me with something you said just a few minutes ago <laughs> okay. about the Hawaiian surprise. Okay. Well, anyway, um, probably probably not related, but. Uh, you're familiar with the uh, TV personality and former politician Tulsi Gabbard? I am. I know who Tulsi Gabbard is, yep. She is the blue dog Democrat. And and we, we always see her from the uh, upper torso up on television. Right. And uh, I ran across a video the other day where she was running a combat course. And let me tell you, the rest of her is just as good. 
and she can shoot. <laughs> oh, man. Tulsi Gabbard is a Democratic politician who is a former combat vet and uh, is very strong on uh, some of the things. Like I said, she's a blue dog. She's like a Zell Miller Democrat. Um, and uh, I have uh, watched her uh, with uh, with with uh, with great uh, admiration. She's done some good stuff. Um, and uh, I, yeah, she's she's a heck of a gal. I would love to see her get a little bit more prominence in the Democratic Party. I think if they came back from the fringes to more of a Tulsi Gabbard kind of position, I think that they would do much better as a party. But yep, she's a, she's a great gal. So Ron, thank you for your call. All right, uh, I'm up against the break. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the lines on hold that I have right now. Okay. Uh, but I am going to do the Hawaiian surprise on the other side. I'm going to talk about that first. So if you're on hold, don't go anywhere. I'll get your name. We'll figure out where you're calling from. But then I'm going to do that story because I've been teasing it for an hour. We got we got to get to it. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. What is that? Regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we're in the break right now. <clears throat> Let me go back over to the phones. Tulsi Gabbard. Ron's gonna get me in trouble. I like sleeping with my wife, Ron. Don't make me don't make me admire other people. Uh, all right, uh, let's go over to the phones and see who is on the phone right now, because we're gonna take them uh, right after we do the Hawaiian surprise story. Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, Mike, it's Fred in Rhode Island. I don't. Well, hello, my friend. How are you? Good, good. Good, good. All right. Well, if you'll hold with me, Fred, I'm going to do the story and then we'll come right to you, okay? Okay. All right, good. Fred will hold the line for us there. Uh, and we'll go back over here. Let me scroll backwards. Oh, hey, look, some of you guys woke up this morning. Um, <clears throat> is there a website or forum that can connect private sellers to buyers for firearms? Uh, Somebody says Alaska list. That's pretty much um, um, that's pretty much the place, the only place that I know. Pretty much every place else won't allow it anymore. Uh, Laura says the Dukes keeps my kitchen clean. I'm not cleaning her kitchen, but she is cleaning it and listening to us every day. So that's good. Um, uh, nobody says screw the Bidens. Hot Mike. It wasn't screw, but it was close. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, Mark Levin had an interesting take yesterday on the leaked story about possible prosecution of Hunter Biden. I had never, I didn't, I didn't hear, I didn't hear about it. Uh, the, the first time I heard about the potential prosecution was on this program here a few minutes ago. So if you want to share with us, Brett, what, uh, what his position was, uh, Mark Levin, um, then let me know. Um, I would love to hear it. Um, little off topic, but has anyone looked into if it's possible to repeal ranked choice voting and the best way to fill out the ballot so you know it goes where it intended to go? Um, so, Richard, here's Richard's question. Um, there's already been discussions with several of uh, our incumbent legislators on repealing ranked choice voting, and several have already started the process of writing the actual uh, legislation. Um, it can be repealed by the legislature now. It could also be repealed in a referendum, but that's a much harder process. A referendum is a much harder process. 
uh, it's e- it would be easier for the legislature to repeal it. And there are several legislators who have already uh, committed to attempt that uh, when they get back there. I know that uh, Kevin McCabe and Mike Shower for sure, um, and uh, I think Sarah Vance as well. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, interesting to see. Um, American government's benefiting. What what was that? Zora said. Uh, Ian Fleming would be impressed by the political theater and NATO intrigue, such as NATO sabotaging the Nord Stream. Nobody's right if everybody's wrong when it comes to nukes and such. Um, I don't know. There's, I know there's been a lot of speculation about whether or not the U.S. or NATO or somebody else had something to do with the Nord Stream sabotage. I don't know if it's true. Uh, it could be. Um, it's uh, it's it's good to go. Um, has anyone else been having their mailbox inundated with anti-Kelly mailings? Oh, yeah. Mitch McConnell has dumped millions of dollars through his Senate leadership fund. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, it's huge. It is huge. Um, they are spending uh, a gazillion dollars. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, they're all full of these anti-Shabaka ads. I think it could backfire on them. I think people would be like, this is such a negative campaign. It may backfire. It's gotten so nasty at this point. I, I, I don't know. Um, we're going to have Kelly on the program, though, on Monday to talk about that. What day was that interview with Don Young? Can we listen in the archives? Can I have the link? Tawny, that was... 15 years ago, maybe 12, 15 years ago, I may, I mean, I would, let's see, where was I? I was in, it was in the studio on First Avenue in Fairbanks. So that would have been 2005 or six, maybe. I may have it electronically. I may not. Um, I only started uh, podcasting and archiving the show publicly on the on the podcast in 2016. So I may or may not have a copy of that show. Uh, I don't know. I, I would have to go look. Um, all right. It's uh, it's time to jump back into it. We got Fred on the line. We're going to talk about the uh, Hawaiian surprise and more. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. All right, welcome back to the program. Uh, Firearms Friday, still cr- cruising along, pr- cruising along. Uh, Fred from Rhode Island is on the is on the phone, and we're going to get to him here in just a minute. But I have uh, I've been uh, teasing this story for a while, and we're calling it the Hawaiian Surprise. Now, look, it's no it's no secret that Hawaii is probably one of the most anti gun states in the country. I mean, legislatively, uh, you know. Uh, and the Hawaii was one of the states that was uh, pointed out by the Supreme Court in the Bruin decision as having problems with their concealed carry law. Um, and they initially were like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to this. They were not as vehement as New York or uh, even Connecticut on how they were going to react to this. 
But uh, everyone uh, sat down on Tuesday to go over a proposed list of a new law that would modify Hawaii's concealed carry law. And it was a proposed list of sensitive places. And it was based pretty much exclusively off the New York State's laundry list of gun-free zones approved after the Supreme Court issued the Bruin rule. Uh, I think many of us who are watching this from behind the scenes fully expected the the uh, Hawaii County Council to to just follow along with the what you know just rubber stamp it send it on out of committee. Instead, in a huge surprise, a majority of the council members in attendance agreed with many of the gun owners who showed up to testify that the list was far too broad and needed to be whittled down substantially. In fact, only one um only one a councilwoman was the only clear supporter of the bill. Uh Heather Kimball said uh, that she fundamentally disagreed with the, that the community is safer when more people are packing heat. She said, "I think this is right on the money. I think this is an important protection for our community. I don't want every I want everyone to carefully consider the difference between personal protection and vigilantism." Um well, there is a we don't have the right to be vigilantes, but we do have the right to bear arms in for our own self-defense. We do have that. The list that they had included hospital, schools, daycare centers, parks, church, churches, voter centers, airports, public transit vehicles, establishments that serve alcohol, government buildings, and private property that is open to the public. One Puna council member said, it's pretty well every place in this county. If the point is to let people protect themselves, slimming down this list would be more in line with what I'm willing to support. Uh, he also noted that the Puna district had just eight to 10 police officers per shift covering a region the size of the entire island of Oahu. He said, if there was a strong enough police department, I would say, I know that there's someone in this list that would protect me. But otherwise, fellow Puna councilwoman Ashley Kirkwitz. Sorry. She noted the overwhelming testimony from residents opposing the bill, including Bunny Harrington, a sexual assault survivor who has completed requirements for a concealed carry permit. She says, why do we protect so many important people and things with guns, but not our children or ourselves? Criminals are who we are wanting to protect ourselves from. This bill hinders law-abiding citizens from protecting ourselves. Criminals don't care about the law. What? Have you uh, tell me true? Tell me true, buddy. Have you been listening to this show? Kierkewitz was sympathetic. She said, I want Bunny to be able to protect herself. We've got eight officers in Puna. It's like the Wild West out there. If I were forced to vote forced to vote on what we have today, I would be opposed. Why do we protect so many important th people and things with guns, but not our children or ourselves? It's just, it's astonishing. This is a great, great news out of Hawaii. And hopefully we're seeing more and more people where they see the devil in the details, they realize how crazy it is. Let's go over to the phones. Fred's in Rhode Island. Good morning, Fred. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Mike. You know, you, you hit a good point. You know, there's one thing about the concealed carry uh, concept that people are, over, you know, it really hasn't been brought out in, a lot in the public. And that's the fact that if more people are carrying concealed, 
then the criminals don't know who is and who is not armed. And that's the whole point. The whole point is it turns into a giant guessing game as to whether or not they actually want to go out and commit a crime or they're going to behave themselves because they may wind up with it aerated in some places they probably don't want to be aerated. Right. You know, and in the process of, you know, doing their dastardly deeds. And that's the whole point behind, you know, right. you'll carry. You know, it's not, you know, it's not a question of actually drawing, having to draw that out, and, you know, use it. If you have, unless you actually have to, it's the fact that it's always there. Right. The more of them out there that are there, it's going to be more of a deterrent to them to, you know, think Absolutely. twice about doing something really stupid. Yeah, it's the chilling effect on yeah. criminals. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the chilling effect on criminals. And, and, and if you have all these sensitive and, and places, about, if you have all these sensitive places, criminals are, not gonna, criminals are not going to follow the law anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. Uh, sorry for it. Go ahead. Now, okay. Well, the other thing is, you know, the whole thing, you know, the police, you know, and, and when the crime, you know, in seconds count, the police are only minutes away. Well, a minute is too long, you know, two minutes is definitely way too long. Anything beyond that is out of the question. So, you know, I mean, the whole thing, you know, they, they, they missed that point. And you've also brought up another interesting point about politicians who just pass laws, regardless of the Constitution and the concept of the law, and, you know, and have the courts throw it out. Well, who's, who's wasting whose time and who's wasting tax money, you know, with, with things that they know is not going to go? Because they're just playing this woke game. It's like, you know, the progressives and the left-wing lunatics, you know, they just want to play this crazy little game of one-upmanship, you know, the way I see it. All they want to try is you, I can go one-up than the other guy, you know. And, and you know, they all try to outdo themselves. It's the most ridiculous, out-of-touch, out of out-of-reality, you know, uh, laws that they try to pass. Yep. And in the end, it's doing nothing but bringing the whole, just crashing the whole system is what they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the or thing. Trying to, trying to crash the whole system. Again, yeah. what we have is we have a group of people in this country who believe that they know better than you how you should live your life, that they believe that the only way society can move forward is with the direct benevolent intervention of government. And the only reason that we're not getting with the program, the rest of us who don't believe that, uh, one of the reasons why they can't force it on it is because Americans are armed. I mean, it's 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 an implicit, it's implied, exactly. it's an implied threat. It stays their hand. We, America, is still the freest nation on the face of the earth, even with all of our warts and boils and blisters and problems that we have. We're still the freest. I mean, two guys just boated over from Russia to get to America because they wanted to be free from that right. kind of authoritarianism. Uh, you know, so even all that, uh, the only thing that has kept the politicians in check for the last 245 years has been the fact that Americans are armed as the founders intended. If you go back and read their writings, that's exactly what they said. They said, Americans being armed will keep the government in check. They don't have to use them. They don't have to show them. They don't have to wave them. They just have to know that Americans are armed. That's the biggest thing. Well, that's the, that, 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 that's the, that's the whole concept, you know, you know what, their, what, their, what their big plan is. And, you know, once again, like I said before, we got to find out who the button pushes and who are the, who, who are the shadow lurkers out there who, you know, you know, pull on the strings, yeah. you know, for the, for, you know, for the puppets in charge. Right. And uh, we really got to get to the bottom of that, too. I mean, we really got to get to the bottom of that. And as far as like this whole thing with Hunter Biden, you know, it's going to get whitewashed. They're yeah, going to do everything gonna... they can to sweep that oh, under the yeah. rug. Either that or they're going to give them the lightest tap on the wrist that they could possibly Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to see, Fred. Thank you for your call, folks. We're out of time. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Uh, Fred, thank you. I appreciate you calling in, my friend. we got one more line on hold. Let's go over there to see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Devin from Fairbanks. How you doing this morning? Good, Devin. What's on your mind? Hey, yeah, I, I just wanted to touch on things. Uh, so I used to be a deputy sheriff down in lower 48, Oklahoma, to be specific. Um, you know, the concealed carry is something for the citizens to, to protect themselves. Right. As a deputy sheriff, there was only four of us, the sheriff, the undersheriff, myself, and another guy. So when the last caller was saying minutes count, our normal response time in the county was about three minutes to anywhere in that county, and that was running full code going over 100 miles an hour. Right. So people didn't go out there, get the gun, learn how to use it, and defend themselves. That, that's bottom line. I mean, yeah. th- th- this is our first protection, first layer of protection against the criminals. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a, there was an interesting t- uh, statistic, Devin, uh, that came out here oh, probably 15 or 20 years ago. At one point, the city of North Pole, uh, North Pole, Alaska, um, had the highest number, had the highest ratio of police to citizens. And you're like, wow, North Pole, Alaska, highest ratio of police. What do you think? Well, the city only had like 1,400 people in it, but they had like seven or eight police officers, right? So, I mean, that's like one police officer for every 300 people. And yet they still said, is that going to make a difference? I mean, in bigger cities and bigger towns in New York, it's thousands of people per police officer. In your county, I mean, a three-minute response time in your county is still great. Where I'm at, if I called the troopers right now and said, there's somebody breaking into my house, you know, or somebody's been, I mean, it would be 15 minutes before somebody could be at my doorstep, uh, you know, on average, 15 to 20 minutes. You have to be able to defend yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, I actually live out in Two Rivers, so, you know, when we had this arsonist, we got lucky the state troopers showed a presence, but I can guarantee you that we're the same response time, 15, 20 minutes yeah. before we get anybody out there. Yep. So I, I just don't, to me, it's a little crazy that, that folks don't want to defend themselves or their family when, you know, seconds count, but it's going to take minutes for the for the police to get there. And, and in our cases here in Alaska, if you're rural, it's, it's several minutes before. Oh, it's hours. If you're in rural, rural Alaska, it could be hours to a day before somebody shows up. You have to be able to defend yourself uh, to get to those places. And you know, yeah, absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. Devin, I think the problem is, of course, is that many of these people live in urban areas and they just, they've abdicated their responsibility for personal protection. They're like, I live here. It's all good. The government will take care of me. It'll be fine. But I mean, there's court cases where the, the 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 courts have said the police do not have an obligation or a duty to protect you. They are nope. there for after the fact. No. You know? Right. Right. And that's that was one thing that we always advocated there in, in my county, one of the sheriffs, uh, that the citizens need to understand and be smart about the law. And that's one thing we always tell them. We're not there to protect you. We're there to come help you. You know, we're, we're there to protect you as as a reactive way, not a proactive way. There's no possible way. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Know cops yeah. Have. Like, for example, in New York City, there's, they have a lot of cops in the NYPD, a lot. But they can't protect everyone because, like you said, it's millions, you know, it's thousands of people per cop. And it just, it's unsustainable. So 
you know, I, I just wish folks would, you know, and kind of preaching through the choir in this and this audience, you know, but I wish it would spread that self-defense is the best defense that there is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. you got to take personal responsibility, Devin. That's what it's all about. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you for being part of the show today. Uh, I really appreciate it. I think the earth just tilted off its axis just a little bit. Um, I just seem to have felt it. Why? Because I agree with Harold. Uh, Harold said, 100% of government atrocities have been committed against unarmed populations. The Second Amendment is the amendment allowing all the other amendments to be legitimate. That's what it says in the beginning of the theme song, right? It's Chuck Heston. In order of importance, the Second Amendment is the First Amendment. It's the one right that allows all the other rights to exist. Um, never disarm society. The danger isn't your neighbor with a gun. The danger is an armed government with an unarmed society. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Man. I can't, I've agreed with two posts that Harold made today. That's amazing. Amazing. Um, all right. Um, let's see. I'm going over there. Yeah, we talked about the Russians earlier today. We talked about the Russian uh, guys coming across. Uh, Brett dropped the Levin link in the chat room for the Fox News video with Mark Levin and his theory. I'll have to watch that after the show. Uh, appreciate that. Um I'm not going to hold my breath on any Biden going to jail, says Jack. Yeah, it's possible. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, uh, let's see. Um, S, February 2nd, SB1 hits the Senate floor to repeal ranked choice voting. Terry says. So apparently it's already got a pre-filed bill number and everything. All right. We got to get back to it. Phone lines are ringing. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Willie Waffles up next. Let's talk movies, shall we? I think we shall. We'll talk movies. Well, howdy. How are you doing? Are you ready for the weekend? Oh, yeah, man. I'll tell you what. The time just flies. I'm ready for the weekend. And then the weekend, and it's Monday already. Oh, it's so disappointing. Don't forget on Monday, we're going to be, uh, uh, no, next, not this, a week from Monday. There we go. We're going to be doing that debate between uh, Ron Gillum and Justin Ruffridge on the 17th. That'll be fun. Uh, but let's get into more fun stuff today. That is, of course... The movies, the entertainment, the one, the only, Willie Waffle. Hello, my friend. How are you? Oh, feeling great. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, Friday night is the best night of the week. Yeah. Because you're just, you're sitting there at home, and you're like, oh, I yeah. got the whole weekend oh, yeah. in front of me. Anything can happen. Yeah. And then it's then it's Sunday night. Sunday night is the <laughs> absolute worst. It is the yeah. worst night of the week. And, you know, usually because I'm like, I don't want the day to end. So I'll stay up later on mon- on Sunday, and Monday is just like a drag, more of a drag than ever, just because I, I should not have stayed up an hour or two hours over my bedtime. Dang it. Uh, anyway, it, it is what it is. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get into this. Speaking of the worst night of the week, uh, that could be Oscar night for Will Smith uh, because he he could win and not show up. What? I mean, give me the deal here. This this is okay. As you know, I love the Oscars because 
crazy things can happen. I watch the Oscars right. because they might give the best picture nominate or the best picture award like to the wrong movie and they have they have to take it out of those people's hands and give it to the right people. I watch the Oscars because Will Smith might get into a knockdown drag out fight with Chris Rock. And now I'm going to be watching the Oscars because oh dear god, Will Smith has a chance to get nominated. This is going to be awesome. So it, he did this movie for for Apple TV Plus. Uh, you know, it, it is it is a it's called Emancipation. It is the true story of a slave who escaped slavery and fought in the war against the South and became a symbol of slavery all through the North and throughout history. Right. And and this just this movie screams. I'm going to get an Oscar, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't right. it really? You know, and 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 this was going to be originally delayed. Like when everything happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock, Apple kind of was like, "Yeah, we might hold that till next year." And now, because they don't really have anything else that's got this kind of buzz or could have this kind of impact or have this chance at an Oscar, it's coming out this fall. It's coming out in December, and they are starting a full fledged oscar campaign okay they were in dc on uh i think it was sunday night uh showing it to the congressional black caucus at their big uh, get together will smith was there uh they are going to be putting this thing out there and uh you know i'm telling you i think it'd be awesome as everybody knows will smith was banned from attending the oscars but he was not banned from getting nominated right and i or i winning. want the circus or winning, or winning. yeah or winning. Right. i and and I want the circus. I want him to get nominated. I want him to win. I want like them to send Chris Rock up to get the Oscar for oh. him. I want like the whole thing, man. And Chris Rock would be like, I accept this Oscar as a, an apology from Will Smith. <laughs> the apology I never got. Yeah, uh, this could be awesome. This could be so awesome. And and you know, I'm telling you, the movie has already got some really heavy buzz. Like heavy, heavy, heavy buzz. Oh man. All right. On Apple TV Plus. I think it's December second. Okay. Well, I don't have Apple TV Plus, so I guess I'll miss that until it comes out on DVD. Until it comes out on VHS, then I'll watch it. Um, all right. Uh Kim Kardashian. We normally don't care about Kim Kardashian, but this is an interesting story because yeah. this is happening across all the Hollywood and celebrities and everything else, we're talking about crypto, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, the whole thing. Uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission, those guys don't have any sense of humor. And apparently nope. Kim Kardashian was out there bragging about making money on this cryptocurrency and it's so great and everybody should get in, but she failed to disclose that she was being paid to do it. And that's a major no-no. Yeah, this is like a major clash between the traditional Hollywood hype machine and the law. Okay, like you know, the, in, like you said, the Securities and Exchange Commission—they play for keeps, and there are very, very, very strict laws about promotion and advertising and commercials and and uh, and basically, you know, endorsing a product. Right, and you you have to make it very clear that you were a paid endorser. Right. Like this is something they beat into. If you've ever if you've ever been involved in any kind of finance or anything like that, like this is beat into you. Like, you know, if you were a paid endorser, you've got to make it clear you are a paid endorser. And so she was paid $250,000 to promote this thing, and the Securities and Exchange Commission said, 
uh, that's you, you just broke the law. Ow. So how do you, how do you want to settle this? And she settled for $1.26 million. Oof. Essentially she gave up the two fifty She got a thousand dollars. She had made like in some sort of interest over the year and a million dollar fine. And, and, and this has got a lot of people shaking in their boots in Hollywood right now, because this has been the, the big thing over the past couple of years, getting a celebrity endorser for your crypto, right? Matt Damon, Tom Brady, uh, your Larry David, they've all done these things. And so everyone's going to go through their, their Twitters with a fine-tooth comb, their commercials with a fine-tooth yep. comb. Yep. The, the SEC is saying, hey, listen, the laws are pretty clear. So I hope you followed the law. Yeah. Well, they were calling this uh, crypto bros. I mean, that was the thing. It was yeah. all the crypto bros were doing this. And uh, YouTube was cracking down on stuff so hard that you couldn't even. They were taking videos that were just discussing what crypto was and they were shutting the videos down. They weren't like endorsing anything. They were trying people trying to describe what was happening and this crisis and why this was all bad. And they were shutting those channels down. It was it was brutal. And, and again, any financial uh, uh, instrument, any kind of financial product has to have that disclaimer. And, yeah. uh, you know, I guess you would assume that if you see Tom Brady up there hucking Hertz cars, you know that he's getting paid by Hertz. But if it was a financial thing, it's got to say on the screen, paid endorsement. Otherwise, right. goodbye. And and that's what really got Kardashian. You know, if if you go back and you read, it was a tweet that she had put out, and it was like all these other you know promoted tweets that they put out. You know, intentionally they don't want you to think it's an advertisement. Right. So she's like, "Oh my God, my friends have just told me about this really awesome crypto, and and I think you should get in on. It. I know I'm getting in on it, and you know." it just it's blurring that line and that that's what twitter and that's what a lot of social media likes to do with these promotions with these right. influencers blur that line of what's a commercial and what's not and the sec saying you can't play that game with us uh, no no with financial stuff you cannot i mean you want to you want to huck a, a juice drink or a underarm deodorant and 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 pretend like that well okay but the sec that's a whole new ball game that is a yeah. whole new ball game all right, well, we'll see how that goes on. Everybody's talking about Hocus Pocus. Now, this was a favorite movie when I was my kids were growing up. They loved to watch this movie, and they did a sequel. And apparently, some people are it's getting killed. But uh, oh, it's it's so bad. It's so bad. That's what I heard. <laughs> I just heard it's getting killed. But for those who are who are original Hocus Pocus fans, they're gonna take it to Broadway. Yeah, you know, we, we, we have to totally just exploit everything these days. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, Hocus Pocus is getting into that groove. And yeah, the, the new sequel, Hocus Pocus 2, came out on Disney Plus last week. It, it, it's just, oh dear God. Yeah, let's just say not my cup of tea. Uh, you know, uh, very broad, very silly. Uh, they jump into music for no good reason. They've destroyed Blondie for me. I'm a huge Blondie fan. They did a Blondie song, and I just I haven't been able to listen to them since. It's really bad. So of course, Broadway says we could do a musical because everything on Broadway is based on 
a movie or a TV show right. that we loved long and long ago. Right, right. So, so yeah, so the uh, the producer, this David Kirshner, he claims they were planning on doing this before COVID happened. Before we even knew there was going to be a Hocus Pocus movie, too. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure, right. Uh, uh, uh-huh. never, never let a crisis yeah. go to, I mean, never let a marketing opportunity fall apart, right? No, uh, never yeah. do it. So yeah. they're, they're working on it. They're hoping to get it together for next year. I will say this, though. Hocus Pocus seems to be perfect for Broadway. Yeah, it's because true. you know, yeah, you could have really crazy big song and dance numbers. You can, you can, you don't have to have much of a plot. You don't have to have much of a story. You know, heck, bet you could probably pay Bette Midler to be in it because she's a Broadway star. Sarah Jessica Parker, one of the stars of the movie. Hey, she she lives in New York. I bet right. she'd love to do the right. Broadway right. play. You know, I mean, I think there's something there. And Kathy and Jimmy, hey, she's always up to work. So yeah, she needs you know, to pay the bills, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, hey, she's a working actress. She can use the money. Yeah. So I think that that this that to me would have made more sense than a Hocus Pocus two movie. Well, I guess we'll have to see how that runs. We don't have a whole lot of time here. I still want to get to the movies, but real quick, okay. I love Rob Schneider. I think he's funny. I know that he's got, but he actually they're reviving uh, doing a sequel of one of his movies that was kind of a snoozer, The Animal, but it's coming back. Oh, God, yes. The Animal, his 2001 quote-unquote classic. And and this is hilarious. So, you know, it's not going to be in theaters. It's not going to be on Netflix. It's not going to be on Disney+. Plus. It's not going to be on Paramount+. Plus. It's going to be on Tubi. Tubi. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Which you know. is you know, one of the lesser streams. Right, right. But, you know, it's it's written by Rob Schneider. He's directing the movie. He's going to star in it. And and gosh darn it, this is going to be the Rob Schneider comeback, people. <laughs> I love it. I hope it. I hope it happens for him. <laughs> All right, we don't have much time here, about three and a half minutes. So first and foremost, let's get Lyle Lyle Crocodile out of the way in theaters right now. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, this is, this is just like, this is the the worst nightmare for family films that most adults have, okay? Kids, oh, they're going to think it's great. He's a big old animated crocodile that lives in, in the in the attic of this big brownstone in New York City, and he's very shy and he doesn't talk, but oh, does he sing. And of course, he's got a tragic backstory, and, and he makes friends with a new kid who just moves in with his family, and... The kid has trouble making friends. And now the two of them are joined together for antics on top of antics on top of antics. Okay. You know, it's got it's got the wild manic kind of action. Kids are gonna like the dumpster diving and the crocodile silliness. And Javier Bardem plays this like huckster uh, you know, actor, musician uh, who owns the crocodile, thought he was gonna hit it big, but the crocodile didn't want to sing publicly and well, it it ruined them. Uh, you know, I'm going one and a half waffles. It's just Ow. you've seen it. You've seen this done before. You don't want to see it done again. And and if you have an eight year old that's dying to see this movie, may God go with you. Get the large popcorn, man, and just try to just just fall into the popcorn. Spike, spike let, that drink. Like, spike that drink. Spike that drink. <laughs> A little vodka in the Coca Cola. All right, uh, this is the one that I have been wanting to talk about, though. We got about two and a half minutes. Amsterdam in theaters. Taylor Taylor Swift, Christian Bale, John David Washington, Margie Rob, uh, Mar- Margot Robbie. I mean, this thing looks insane. And unfortunately, it is insane and not in the good way. This is one of the most heartbreaking movies, I think, of the year. Not because it's so good emotionally, but because it is so disappointing. Okay. I mean, 
this this you know from david david o russell a guy who's done some great movies a silver linings playbook you know american hustle i mean this is a guy who does top-notch stuff and he has gathered together like you said this amazing cast of actors de niro margot robbie christian bale rami malik michael shannon and none of those actors can make this thing work oh and then how do you think taylor swift is gonna fail right right yeah man yeah not going to go well for her either. And and it's it's very loosely based on a really gonzo plot to overthrow the government back in the uh, in the 30s and early 40s. And this one's set in 1933 and Taylor Swift is uh she she is like the uh, the daughter of a US senator and then he's been murdered or at least you know she thinks he was murdered and she turns to Christian Bale and John David Washington to try to prove it and to get to the bottom of it. And then the movie just falls apart. I mean, it's just going off in like 50 million different directions. And we're jumping around. We see what the guys were like in World War One. Then we see what's going on in current time. And then we're running off to this story about this couple that we don't care about. And I still can't figure out why they're in the movie. And, and it just it goes on and on like that. And it's a movie that should be a farce. And it should be kooky. And it should be wild. And it's just stupid. Oh, man. I've been looking forward to it. I really kind of wanted to watch it, but I guess now I'll have to wait for it to hit the streams. It's in theaters. It's called Amsterdam, negative one to four waffles. Half a waffle. Oh, 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 savage. Oh, that is so, so savage. All right, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you coming on board and joining us today. Again, folks, don't forget next week, we're going to have more, including Kelly Shabaka on Monday. We'll see you. Have a great weekend. Be kind to one another. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you on Monday. Damn, Sean, I thought you were going to have some good news for me on this movie. I was hoping, I mean, I've watched, I was too. I've watched every trailer that they've come out with, like two teasers and two trailers, and I've watched them and I showed them to Terry, and I'm like, this looks like it's going to be great. I can't wait to, I mean, this just looks good. I love a period piece like that. And it, ah, ah, oh, oh. Yeah, it had everything, you know, you know, it was like all the perfect pieces to the puzzle, and you put them on all backwards. You know, it just, that's the thing that really gets me. I mean, the writing is not very good, and that's usually his strength. Right. Uh, you, 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 you've got all these actors, like, you know, trying to create these kooky characters, trying to, you know, give it everything they've got to, to make their characters memorable, but they don't have anything memorable about them. They don't have stories that are all that memorable. They don't have personalities that are all that memorable. It, it's it's just a movie of of kind of these these weird misanthropes, if you will. Mm. And and I think that's what really hurts the film. It's just it's it's just seeking meaning, and there is no meaning to it. You think it's a is it an is it an issue of editing, or is it just the script to begin with? I'm I'm gonna blame the script. I really am. Uh, I, I just, I think that, you know, that's a big problem. Yeah, maybe the editing, but, you know, the editing is only following the, the, the path that Russell wanted to set here. And, and he wanted this, this time jumping kind of story. He wanted to create that kind of, kind of movie where, you know, where you know, we see what's going on in the, in, in the present. And then we flash back to the past to give it some sort of importance or to explain it. And he never explains it well enough. That's too bad. Uh, again, what a yeah. what a stellar cast to have such a 
such a snoozer. I guess we'll uh, we'll have to watch it. I'll, I'm going to wait for. I guess I'll wait for stream on that one and see what it comes out of. So half a waffle for Amsterdam in theaters right now. What are we doing next week, Willie? Next week it is the biggest lie that Hollywood has ever told us. It is the quote unquote final sequel to the Halloween series called Halloween Ends. <laughs> I doubt it. I think you're lying to me, but we'll find out. Oh, come on. That cow could still give some milk. They're going to milk it just a little bit longer. They'll oh, make it, yeah. 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 No doubt in my mind. Believe me, if this thing makes good money next week, that Hollywood ends, forget about it. It'll be like Hollywood Halloween Returns or right. you know, Halloween The Next Generation. I would, say, I would say Halloween Resurrection, but that one's already been used. That one's so. already been taken, right? So he's already been used, so yeah. Uh, I know my wife is all waiting about it. I know she went last night to the... Have you seen the Terrifier movies? No, I'm not. Okay, Art the Clown, and I mean, it's... I'm like... Have a good time, honey. She went with my daughter because I'm like, no, I'm just not interested in that. But, yeah, she loves them Halloween and scary movies. It's This is her season, and she's waiting for Halloween ends. Uh, well, and you're going to have your choice. You can watch it in the theaters, or if you're one of the uh, <clears throat> lucky few who subscribes to Peacock, you got it on the Peacock. Oh, wow. All right, well. I might discover that I'm on the Peacock next week. I have no idea. We'll see what happens. All right, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Thank you, my friend. It's good to talk with you. Uh, next week, we'll talk with you then. I, I didn't watch, I did not watch Oblivion yet. I'm going <gasps> to, I'm going to, did you? I did. I did was you? prepared. Oh, I was ready to oh, go. Oh, man. I literally watched it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me a little peek. Good, bad? What do you think? Well, you know, it's, it's solid. Solid. You know, okay. I, you know, and well, don't I've go. Forgotten. Don't, okay. don't okay. get into it. Don't get into it. Solid. We'll do solid. that next week, solid. just because I want it yep. solid. I like that. Um, All right. I'm gonna watch it this weekend for real. All right. Thank you, my okay. friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on board, folks. No time. We'll see you Monday. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show